Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Paul is the author of three best-selling books, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and his brand new book, 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care. Now available on Audible and narrated by Mr. Producer. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to today's program. Our special guest is Cornell Mack. What's up, Cornell? How are you, brother? I'm great. I'm doing pretty good, man. Thanks for uh, joining us bright and early on a, uh, you know, early morning episode here. I appreciate the flexibility. Yes, sir. I'm excited to be here. So whatever time you said, I was going to be ready. Cool. We'll dive into your story and what you've learned along the way. And you got a podcast now as well. So we'll get to hear about that uh, journey. Uh, Before we do, I want to say a big thank you to today's episode sponsor for making this all possible. That's our friends at Jobber. If you're looking for a CRM to run your business and to get everything organized all in one place, uh, Jobber is the CRM uh, that I've been using the last few years. And it just makes things very simple uh, when it comes to sending an invoice. You can go ahead and get paid right away. If your customer has a, a card they can just pay with, boom, just takes care of it. And you can see when they open the invoice and you just have a lot better control of your cash flow. Because Cornell, I can remember the days when I didn't have a CRM. And I was just collecting all my money by cash and check. And that got really clunky and really stressful when a bunch of money was owed to me and I needed to make my own payments to run my business. And so with Jobber, my invoicing and billing um, really has sped up the cash flow process and reduced my stress. And there's a lot of other um, organizational benefits to Jobber. So if you're looking for a CRM, try Jobber for free for 14 days. All you got to do is go to getjobber.com forward slash Paul. Again, that's getjobber.com forward slash Paul. Well, Cornell, go ahead and tell us your uh, lawn care business journey, man, how you got started in this industry. What's your story? Uh, so I got started in 2016, uh, watched the Keith Kalfas video, and I found out through that video how money could be made within the lawn care industry. So, um, you know, I was working two full-time job, two full-time jobs at the time. And uh, for about two weeks, I just was watching video after video after video, you know, going down a rabbit hole. And I was on a double shift one day and uh, I think we might have had a couple restraints. I worked at a group home and uh, I just realized, like, this is not going to keep working for me for forever. So I went home, talked to my wife about starting a business. Uh, She encouraged it. And, um, you know, a few days later, I bought a truck. Uh, after selling my car that was paid off and the day after I bought the truck I broke my foot so <laughs> I had to go out a couple of days after that put put some things up on you know the social media sites uh, Facebook or whatever and got a few jobs and uh, I was just out there with a broken foot and a walking boot and that's kind of how the dream started all back to a Keith Kalfas video, huh? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I uh, used to binge watch. I used to work at a radio station with where Mr. Producer was actually my um, one of my bosses, but um, they put me on the midnight shift. So from midnight to 6 a.m., I'd be on the radio off and on, off and on all throughout the night. So when I wasn't on air, I'd have like 10 minute downtime before I would go back on the air and I would watch uh, Keith Kalfas YouTube videos 
uh, back in the day. And, and it was just so good because he, his videos, he was learning as he was making the videos, you could tell he was in these pain points in his business. And so they helped me out a lot because a, a lot of those videos, he was talking about pricing your services, knowing your worth. And, and that helped me to start raising my prices and things of that nature. So, and, and it keeps become a friend over the years. So the, like to bring up Keith, like I don't, I, I fell down a rabbit hole with his videos because his story was very similar to, to mine, how, uh, how he grew up and everything. And, and his ability to, to share that, it just, I, I don't know, it put something in me to where I could, like I could start to see the future again, it, even though I hadn't got started yet. So whenever I did my first job, um, I did a video on YouTube about it. It's doing pretty well. But whenever I did my first job, there was like these high weeds and uh, dog poop. And I didn't have the best <laughs> equipment. I didn't have any, I, you know, I didn't have any good equipment or anything. And I had a walking boot on with contractor bags around it with a broken foot. Like this is two days after uh, after I buy a truck where I didn't have a car payment. I sold a car that was paid off to get a truck to now have a, a truck payment to start a business. And then I break my foot the very next day. So I'm out here in the, in the heat, uh, cutting these, these like trees down with, with a Ryobi curve shaft trimmer that didn't have any power with my little brother. And I, at the end of the day, I made $190, uh, what I felt like was profit. Cause I didn't know my numbers and I'm, you know, starting to do better at learning those now. But since I didn't know my numbers, I made this $190. I paid my brother uh, 60 bucks and I had 190 in my pocket. And I was just like, it, it was true. What that guy said, who's, he's not a, he's not six foot eight, like LeBron. He's just a regular guy in Michigan. And if he could do it, like I can do it too. And whenever I did do it the first time, it gave me this feeling like, Oh my goodness. I, I had dreams of going to the NBA or the NFL, and that doesn't mean you can't be still a professional and make a lot of money doing something you like doing. And it hit me right there like, oh, my gosh, this is how I can change my whole family's life. Mm. And, and it just, it just, you know, it just spiraled out of control. And I've got fully immersed in just trying to learn as much as I could and, and then implement it. Um, I'm not a, uh, I say this a lot, but I'm not a hater, uh, but I like to investigate now. So if I see, uh, you say something on the podcast, here's a rate increase letter, right? Oh, well, let me just spend this $20. I don't know how much it is now, but whenever I bought it, it was 20 bucks. Let me use this. And then I did. And it worked. And I said, oh, so that's one thing. And everything that I've seen on YouTube from the different influencers, uh, not everything works. But instead of, you know, how oh, they want to get paid for a brand deal or something like that, I said, let me just try this. And then it worked, Paul. And I started to find a little level of success. I started to be able to help uh, my coworker, uh, Captain Jack. His, his name is Matt, but I call him Captain Jack. But I was able to, to give him a raise. And his life started to get better as my life got better and as the business grew. So it just, it like gives me this, this joy now. Like, 
wake up with joy in my heart like I'm a professional athlete. If I hope that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's great. And the other thing is this information, I mean, you can get so much education and knowledge for completely free on watching YouTube videos and listening to podcasts. I mean, even if somebody doesn't want to spend $20 on a resource or, or more, like what's available now that wasn't available when I started just by watching Keith Kalfas YouTube videos or, or listening to our podcast or Fullerton's podcast or Caleb Allman's podcast. I mean, you just for free listen to podcasts and watch YouTube videos and learn what it took, you know, me over a decade to learn the hard way. And, and Keith, you know, how many stressful jobs he's went through to learn the lesson to make that YouTube video when it's two in the morning and he's got bags under his eyes and he, you know, he's got some epiphany moment or he's sitting on his front porch. Those are my favorite videos from him, but mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it's crazy how much content, valuable content that's out there. That's completely free. Um, so you, you don't have to spend, you know, the 20 bucks on or whatever it is for whatever product. I mean, you can just, you can get this information for free if you're willing to listen to our podcast and watch the YouTube videos and things of that nature. The, the products are to fast track if you just want to, you know, kind of go a little expedite the process a little bit, but, but what's available now was not available when I started. That That's the point I'm trying to make. I, I didn't have podcasts to listen to, or these YouTube videos weren't out in 2011 when I when I had my humble beginnings, Cornell. Right. And I call it the playbook, man. Like I, I see everything in sports, mm -hmm. like Michael Jordan, uh, Tom Brady, all of the greatest athletes. Uh, when Kobe Bryant passed away, I started to like watch his speeches. And then it made me very intrigued on how the people who are at the top of whatever their industry is, how they think. Mm. And I was just like, yo, it, this is, I can translate everything from sports, how I can see the world right into this. And it's the game tape. They watch every single game back, mm -hmm. you know, coach Belichick, he's watching what Tua did what Tyreek Hill did before they play. Mm -hmm. And then they can try and beat them to the punch. And I realized you can't get Coach Belichick's playbook if you're a high school football coach. But you guys are giving out these playbooks, like you said, for free. And it's giving me an offense to implement. And I take a little piece out of Paul Jamison's playbook that he, he has available or Blake Albertson's or Johnny with Blades of Grass or Brian and combine it how it works for me. And now I have my own playbook on how I do things. And now, so you, that's like, now you started a podcast. Now you're putting your, what you've learned as you've grown your business, you're sowing that into the world. And then folks are going to come along and listen to you and, and uh, get information that you're sharing and apply it to their business. It's, it's a beautiful tapestry of what this community is doing. And honestly, I talked to other, other influencers and in other industries and like what we're doing in our industry, it's rare. Other industries aren't like this where, you know, behind the scenes, we're all friends like Brian Fullerton and Caleb Allman and, and, and Blake Albers, all those guys, you named Keith Kalfas. We're like buddy buddies on the phone. Like, you know, on Friday night at 11 mm -hmm. PM talking, like it, it's, it's rare to have this kind of information that's available to the community. Um, it, it's really cool. But back to the sports analogy, when I was in, um, kind of a low point in my business 
or one of my customers at the time was the defensive coordinator at the Atlanta Falcons. And he, when I get done mm-hmm. working for the day, he'd be like, hey, come sit on the back porch with me and my wife and you know, let's just talk. And he would just sew into my life and he'd teach me how they, the Atlanta Falcons went to the Super Bowl that year. They, they lost to Bill Belichick, actually. But um, mm-hmm. during that season, as the Falcons go to the Super Bowl, literally the defensive coordinator, I'm sitting on his back porch and he's just teaching me about, about leadership and about business and about setting standards. And I remember I had an employee that was like four or five minutes late and he was telling me, he's like, you need to fire his rear end. He, he uses more colorful language than that. But he's like, you got to set the standard. Guys have to show up on time. He's like, you think the Atlanta Falcons are showing up five minutes late for a meeting? He's like, no, no way. Everyone's mm. on time. And he's like, because he was, he was pointing out one of my workers that summer that was just kind of just kind of going through the motions. He's like, this guy cusses a lot. So I'm, I'm not repeating his exact words, but who the, who the, you know, <laughs> who the bike is this? What, what the bike did you hire him for, Paul? Come on. What the, you know, just he chew me out. But he's like, you gotta, you're, why are you attracting these people? Cause if the, if the one guy shows up five minutes late, then you're, then their other guys are going to think they can show up five minutes late. And he just, anyway, he was just teaching me about what a championship culture in sports what they do. And like you mentioned, they look at film. So they play the game on Sundays. Typically Mondays, they're watching back the good, bad, and the ugly from the previous performance and how many lawn care business owners or landscaping business owners or any business owner, it doesn't matter what business you own. How many of us are are replaying the tapes of our season and saying, okay, that went well. Let's double down on that. That was a, that was a weak area. How are we going to get better on that? Man, that area over there, that was a disaster. We definitely got to clean that up. Like, you know, the sports analogies work in business, but most of us aren't actually doing what the what the Bill Belichick, Nick Saban championship coaches are doing where they, you know, they, they know their team and they know how they can get better and then they demand that excellence. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I've, I've heard, I listen to your podcast every day. So I've heard you say, like, you listen back to your podcast after you recorded it and it comes out you listen back to it so that that's what you're doing you're, you're listening to the game tape to see where you can improve or what you think that you could do better or this person wasn't uh holding the attention good enough so you should have talked more like you can make all of those adjustments and then over what do you got like 800 episodes right now yeah this is a number 856 so 856 is number 856 way better than number four Oh yeah, would you? For, for, no, for, yeah, absolutely. But it's painful to face when I am listening back to some of the episodes. I just cringe. I'm like, oh, that was so bad. Oh, I hope no one heard that. And like, oh, just like that. That was not a good show. And it, but it it makes me get better. Well, why wasn't it a bad show? It got it got uh, boring at this point. I didn't even want to listen to my own podcast. I'm like, who else is going to want to listen? If I don't want to listen, why would someone else want to listen? But but I would face that. I would face the man in the mirror myself and be like, okay, well, how can we make this better? What, why, why was that a low point in the show? Or why was that just not entertaining or educational listen to or whatever? And and then it it hurts. And that's why we preach on this show, Cornell, all the time about knowing your numbers. I was embarrassed to have somebody look into my books for so many years because my, my, I've been very honest on the show. My prices were too low. And so because my Mm -hmm. prices were too low, by the time I paid laborers, by the time I paid all the expenses of, of running a business, the, 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 and, and then um, the, my owner's pay wasn't in place the way it needed to be. It, just, it was this absolute disaster. So when I finally had 
Megan and Joey and John Pajak and just um, Sheila. And I, I had different sets of professional eyes looking into my real numbers. You know, they were all kind of alarmed and be like, hey, um, <clears throat> this, this isn't that good, bro. But mm-hmm. guess what's happened? Now I can fast forward four or five years later and now things are the profit margins are fat, fatter and better. And, and, and mm-hmm. a business is the best it's ever been. But it was by taking a, a playbook from Belichick or Saban or whoever and, and just looking at the honest film and saying, okay, the, these numbers and margins aren't good. And then actually making the adjustments to to make, well, in my case, I need to raise my prices. That was like the main thing I mm-hmm. needed to do. And I needed to pay myself as an owner a consistent, steady, eddy, reasonable salary. Um, because what I did in those early days was like, I would just pull money when I had it, when I needed it. It was just, it was um, spontaneous and what there was no, there was no um, system or process to it. And so anyway, facing those, facing the facts and then making the adjustments is huge. Yeah, it's, it's enormous. And once I realized that I could translate like how I see the world into what I was doing, then it, just became more fun i started to look at it like i still play flag football i got a couple friends like seven friends we play in this big league and uh, a couple big leagues around here and when i when i have a football game i wake straight up i'm up at you know the crack of dawn I, I'm, I'm so excited and sad and i wasn't like that for my job i was coming to my job like you know we we got a, like a seven minute grace period before they dock your pay 15 minutes or whatever so i would make sure i got there at like 06 I, I never was on time not because i didn't like my job but just because my life wasn't being fulfilled outside of my job i worked at a group home so it was super fulfilling to work with my with my um my consumers and and i loved them and it was amazing but my life and how i wanted to live and and the, how i wanted to provide for my family and my wife it, it just, I knew that that wasn't going to be it. And then when I started to do this, I could just wake up. No alarm clock needed. Like I'm ready to roll because this is how the future changes for my family. And I know it now. So like, I, I want to, that's why we started the podcast. Me and me and Cedric were still cut slow on the landscape out in Pinkerton, Ohio. Um, this is why we started the, the podcast because him and I have these conversations all the time. And uh, I've had these conversations with a whole bunch of people. And I just felt like now, like I said, I got to go to a funeral later. I'll be 40 this year. And before we leave this earth, I want to try and help the world in some shape, uh, way or form. So we started the podcast so we could start getting this, this stuff out, man. You guys inspire me. You, Brian, uh, the, the people with the podcast. If I can help someone with how I see the world or my life experience, then I think that's what God put us here for, to shed light on the world through our insight. And that's what I've received from you guys. So that's why I kept badging you at the uh, LAL, (laughs) because how you present this stuff it was talking to me and I wanted to just show appreciation, man. And I felt like me and you could do magic on, <laughs> on your podcast. How did you get connected with, um, Cedric? You're from, what city are you from in Ohio? 
I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm in Pittsburgh. Oh, He's I got in you. Ohio. I got you. Yeah. How did you two um, connect? So when I, I had never been on social media until like a year or so ago and or two years ago, whenever I would hear everyone talking about Equip Expo, I wanted to go. Um, but when I finally started to get the business going and I had a commercial mower, I had reached out to Keith and Brian because uh, they were my two favorite social social media people and just said you know thank you looking forward to meeting you at equip expo or whatever and i said to brown like i wouldn't mind being on your podcast i, I got a pretty cool story and then i was on his podcast then we went to equip expo on uh with 21 and people had heard me on his podcast so a few people wanted to meet me at equip expo which was cool and cedric was one of them but I was talking or something. He said, I, I seem busy. So we didn't get the chance to meet. Um, and then I went to LAL 21 and at the adrenaline park, um, he seen me and he came up and that's how we met at the, uh, at the adrenaline park at LAL. Man, that's so cool. I, that's why I tell Cornell people all the time. I was like, go to these events. I literally met Brian Fullerton. I didn't even know him on social media beforehand. I just met him. I was like, hey, I'm Paul. He's like, hey, I'm Brian. We just met in person at Equip. Had no no idea mm-hmm. who each other are and was. Excuse my English, Mr. Producer. He always, I guess I don't say the right <laughs> name. Are, is, was, I don't know. But, um, you know, that's where I met him. And I wanted to plug an event that's completely free. And it's in Ohio. It's it's uh, January 28th. It's uh, at Caleb Allman and Brittany's new shop they just built. It's going to be indoors. Apparently, he's got heated floors, he's telling me. And uh, we're wow. just gonna we're just gonna go there and hang out and podcast all day. It's called the Podcast Summit. Anybody's welcome to show up. Um, I'm gonna be there podcasting. I think Brian and Liz are gonna be there podcasting. Caleb and Brittany are gonna be there podcasting. I hope Jeremiah Jennings is gonna come up um, and podcast. Of course, Naylor's hosting it. He's gonna be there with his podcasting board. So hopefully, you and um, Steele can can uh, come on over and and pod, get get a bunch of podcast interviews in person. And then whoever wants to show mm-hmm. up and and uh, kind of make a circuit and, and and get in where you fit in. Be on, be a guest on some of these podcasts and just hang out and talk shop. But that's that's another event that's happening in in um your neck of the woods on is on January twenty eighth, and it's completely free. There's no um, thanks to Kohler Engines; they're sponsoring it. So so Naylor's and Kohler are going to buy lunch for everybody, and um, I think he is. I I don't want over promise, but last year they did that. And uh, we we met at Nick mm-hmm. Carlson's at Mulchmate last year, but this year it's in it's in uh, Carroll, Ohio, which is about half hour or so from uh, Columbus, Ohio. And uh, we'd love we'd love for you you guys to come podcast there, and anyone else listening that wants to come hang out with us, uh, that'll be January twenty eighth in Ohio. Yeah, well, I will definitely be there. We registered together actually uh, at LAO. That's when I heard about it, and we registered nice. right there on the spot. So we will be there. Great. Yeah. And if you guys could register, um, that, that helps out. Cause, uh, that way Kohler and Naylor knows like, um, how much food to order and, and approximately how many people are coming and things of that nature. So it's, when you do an event for free, it's hard because you, when you, when someone buys a ticket, then you know exactly how many people are coming, how much food to order. Cause you know how many tickets were sold. You know what I mean? And so, mm-hmm. I don't know. Naylor's so generous. He's like, oh, let's just do it for free. So no one, you know, I don't want, I don't want no one to come because they can't afford it. He just got a biggest heart. You know, I'd like to charge 500 bucks, man. People will still come, you know, like, uh, like that's, it's worth it. You know what I mean? Like I, 
or even if it was like 200 bucks or whatever. Cause sometimes when something's free, people don't appreciate it as much. And that's why I'm like, this is too good to be free, but he just, Naylor's got a huge heart for the community. He makes his event free at the rally at, at, at mm-hmm. the Equip Expo and he makes the podcast summit event free. And so I, 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 don't, I try to talk some sense into him, but I can't, he's stubborn. He's like, We're doing it for free. All right, Naylor, it's right. free, free 99, baby. So anyway, I say all that when something's free, people don't appreciate it. And this is such an incredible event that I, I don't want someone not to come because it's free and they think, oh, well, it's free. I don't know. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but it's a psycholo- psychological thing. <laughs> yes, no doubt. And I, I mean, every uh, we will be there, like I said, but I feel like the social the community going to the events like Equip Expo, LAL, it is an eye-opening experience because you get to see so many different people at different experience levels, different levels in business, and be able to pick those people's brain, those people's brains, and learn from their mentality, learn what they're doing. It cha- it energizes you. Mm-hmm. And for, like I said, someone who's my age are going to be 40 next year to see a 15 year old who made $180,000. It's like awe inspiring to me, you know what I mean? Because I, when we were that age, it was, you got to do this, you got to go to college. And I believed in it. And I'm not saying that college isn't important, but if you can make money and they'll teach you how to do that, then you can make that decision later. Going to these social events has has changed me, man. Hey guys, Paul here, and I want to tell you about an exciting event happening here in Atlanta called Synced Live. The dates for the event are February 6th through 7th, 2023. That's a Monday and a Tuesday. It's going to start on Monday afternoon at 3 p.m. and then be all day Tuesday. I'm going to be there. Really looking forward to this expo. It's going to have 70 plus innovative products and services. There's going to be a drink reception on that Monday night, February 6th. And then on Tuesday, February 7th, guys, at Synced Live, there's going to be demonstrations, educational sessions, and plenty of industry inspiration. Now, you can get your all-access pass to Expo and all the education sessions for only $99. This is the only event shaping the future by connecting all aspects of the landscape industry into one event. And it's in my city, Atlanta, Georgia, right across the street from our baseball stadium where the Braves play. So we want the next generation of landscape owners and decision makers to be there. I'm going to be there. Hopefully, you will be as well to register all you got to do is click on the link in today's show notes we hope to see you in atlanta this february ever wish you could monitor your vehicles drivers and equipment in live time to improve routes enhance job site planning and save your business money well with gps track it your wish is our command when you integrate GPS TrackIt with your company vehicles, you get a 24-7 view of your vehicles, so you operate at crazy levels of efficiency. It's money-saving, peace of mind lawn and landscaping companies deserve. Ever wish every day was Donut Friday? Us too, but we can't help with that. Talk with one of our fleet advisors. No pressure, no hassle. Call 1-844-996-2518 or visit gpstrackit.com slash Paul to learn more. GPS Track It. You can count on Jobber to keep your business organized. 
Manage your business and back and forth with customers from one place. Estimate, quote, schedule, invoice, get paid, no software experience required. Friends, you can save 20% off your first six months at getjobber.com forward slash Paul or click on the link in today's show notes to try out the business management software that I've been using for years, Jobber. Designed for landscaping professionals, the Z700 Series zero-turn mowers from Kubota are the best in class in performance, productivity, comfort, and durability. You'll love the commercial-grade engines, durable spindle assembly, and a low profile with 14-inch wheels. It's beautiful to see all these 18, 19-year-old kids and even younger that they're making revenue, they're learning the business side of things, they're making profit. I, I, I mean, if they, if I could go back and be 18 years old again and have this business Well, first of all, if I would go back to be 18 years old, there's zero chance I would go to college. Zero, zippo, heck no. That was such a a ripoff. I went to Ohio University and it was 20 grand a year for a nice, I mean, it it was really beautiful. Like it was brick buildings and there's like red brick roads. And aesthetically, it was like a magazine. I mean, it's stunningly beautiful. But- Mm -hmm. And my parents thankfully paid the first two years and then they've left me on the hook for the last two years. So it was, it was an $80,000 investment. They paid 40,000. I paid 40,000 plus student loan. I, you know, I, I had the student loan. So all the interest and all the nonsense of, of that, it's just a ripoff. If, if I go back to be 18 years old again, and you kids listening to me, there's something called compound interest. When you get a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA and your tax prepare can tell you which one's best for you. Roth IRA, you don't have, um, it's tax-free money, but the regular IRA, you can get the tax deduction now. But anyway, you, the point is you set money aside. If you're 18 years old and you start putting money into those retirement accounts, by the time you're 25, it's going to double. Then by the time you're 32, it's going to double again. Then the time you're our age, it's going to double again. I mean, you're going to, you're going to be sitting you know, a millionaire, multimillionaire status by the time you're in your forties and fifties. And, um, so anyway, you, you touch the college thing. And I, I would say, do not go to college unless you feel God called you to be an attorney or a doctor or, a nurse yeah. or there's, there's some professions where in order to become an attorney or a doctor or a certified financial planner, there's other ones where you do need to go through the college ranks and get the proper certifications and things like that. But if you can pick up a weed eater or a lawnmower or a blade edger, or whatever, and you can go work and you can make profit and you can invest that money, you you instead of being minus forty thousand like me out of college, you could be plus forty thousand and be investing and be wealthy so fast um, by running your own business. Right, and it's literally like if it makes me wonder why wouldn't they in high school, just say to a kid, Hey, listen, you're 15 years old. If you take $100 and put it in a Roth IRA, that's $1,200 a year. And you did that for 20 years, it would be worth X amount, $2 million or whatever. Cause that's like what it is, but they don't tell them that. And so those, those kids think they got to go to college. They think that making a million dollars a year is a millionaire. And it's not like you can make $30,000 a year and be a multimillionaire. And there's a lot of people around the country doing it. If you just listen to Dave Ramsey, he'll preach that to you all the time. How many different millionaires there are in America and how relatively easy it is to do that. 
And why do we want to become a millionaire? For me, it's not to be rich. It's not to have money. It's just to be free, to have your imagination. Because when you take money and struggle and uh, wondering where your next meal is going to come from or if the lights are going to be off in your house, like how I grew up, um, you realize that it's not money. You know, once you have money, it just allows you to be you again. And to think, like, what did you think when you was a six, seven, and eight-year-old person? You thought you could fly like Superman. You know, you thought you could be Michael Jordan or Serena Williams or a doctor or a lawyer or astronaut. That's what you thought you could be. And then life gets on you. How you grew up, the people who were inexperienced maybe, or maybe you didn't grow up with two parents like I did. Maybe you had no parents at all. Maybe you had great parents and you still couldn't see. You know, when you grow up, you, now you can see. When you take those type of struggles out of your life, you can see again. You can become that six, seven, eight-year-old version of yourself and then see the world for how beautiful it actually is. Because stress and struggle and strain takes away the light, in my, in my opinion. At least it did for me. And when you take that little bit out, just by maybe knowing your numbers, by working hard uh, and realizing that it's on you, that it, you don't deserve anything, but you can have everything. Yeah, that's good. And you mentioned working hard and knowing your numbers. I, I would say the first five or six years in my business, Cornell, I worked hard. I mean, I, I woke up before the sun came out. And a lot of times when I'm pulling home, it was, we call it dark 30. It was dark outside. You know, here I am, you know, pulling my trailer on home. I used to live on 35 acres and the dogs would be barking and I'd be coming down the long driveway and it'd be dark. And it was like, I've literally worked from dark to dark. When I, when I left in the morning, mm -hmm. it was dark. When I got home, it was dark. I was working hard, but there was like a hamster in a wheel. It was, it was, I was barely getting anywhere or if anything, I was just digging a deeper hole of debt. And it wasn't until I connected the hard work with knowing my numbers that it got me to get into that place of now I'm building wealth. Now I'm making money and, you know, I'm doing, I'm still working hard. You can't, I mean, one, you, you can't not work hard. You can't, you can't well, mail it in and be lazy as an entrepreneur. Um, but as soon as you get complacent and, and neglectful, that's not good. But the point is you, we have to get on top of, and you, you talk to a Caleb Allman, a, K, a Keith Kalfas, a, a Brian Fullerton, a Jeremiah Jennings, myself, anybody that's been doing this for several years, we'll all tell you the same message. You, you got to figure out what your numbers are. You got to figure out what your break-even point is per man hour. You got to figure out how much money does it take to run your business for your truck payment, your mower payments, your storage unit, your gas, just all your, your, money you're paying yourself as the owner as your salary. If you have mm -hmm. labors, their salary, of course, how much money are you setting aside for taxes and all these things. Once you start to get a handle of them, what happens is your shoulders lean back a little bit, your chest sticks out a little more, you get a iron in your backbone to charge more money. Cause you realize I got to earn more because when you, you said your first job, you had $190 in your pocket well, really, a portion mm -hmm. of that had to go to that new truck payment. A portion of that had to mm -hmm. go to gas to put in that truck. A portion of that had to go to that Ryobi weed eat or whatever you're using. Uh, you know, that, that 190 has to stretch to pay all of those. And then what's left over after all that is the profit. And so that's the thing that no one taught me when I was starting out. That's why I was charging Maria 
uh, $25 to cut her yard thinking I was, I was feeling guilty. Like, I can't believe she's going to pay me 25 bucks. You know, I, I used to, <laughs> I, used, I used to make $7 an hour at the dining hall or $8 an hour. And then I, I was making $10 an hour when I worked in an accounting firm. I thought it was big money. Then I was like, I'm going to make $25 and it's only going to take me an hour or 45 minutes. And, and little did I know that $25, you know, the, well, actually at the time, the, the man hour rate in Atlanta was $45, but no one told me that. Now, now it's 55. <laughs> now it's about $55 around town. So, some guys are charging $60 per man hour uh, for, for maintenance, but I didn't know any of that back then. So that's why I'm passionate about podcasting, about promoting guys like you, Cornell and Jeremiah Jennings and all the Andrew Martinez. There's a bunch of new guys that are popping up and I'm like, how, how can we support what you're doing to get your, you know, get more guys listening to you because there's some Paul out there like I was in 2011 that was broke, busted and disgusted that was willing to work hard, but lacked this information. And so it's great to know that guys like you and steel and, and Andrew Martinez and Jeremiah Jennings, there's a, there's a whole new wave of new podcasters coming out. And the beautiful thing is guys start listening to podcasts at six 30 in the morning, especially during the spring rush and summer. Once they get started working for the day at 7 or 8 a.m., they're already got a, a podcast or two under their belt. By the time they listen to Caleb Allman and Fullerton and hopefully our show and then Jeremiah Jennings, and then they're like, hey, it's 11 o'clock and I'm out of podcasts. I wish they, they tell me this, Cornell. They're like, I wish I had more podcasts mm-hmm. to listen to. And so now Andrew Martinez has one and you guys have one. And so it's we're, we're trying to fill up the day so you can listen to podcasts all day long and um, then go listen to Dave Ramsey. I always, I always encourage people to, to make uh, listening yeah. to his show a um, part of your podcast routine as well. They they have an excellent show over there that I I, I personally listen to. Um, not every day. Sometimes these new personalities. I'll um, I like when he's on the show. Mm. Dave Ramsey. So, sometimes I agree. I'll look at the title and if I see his name on there, I definitely listen. Sometimes if it's the other ones, um, I mean I, I'm warming up to them. So I they're they're, they're all good. Um, I just I really like Dave Ramsey himself, but. I agree. But that's why we started the podcast was I, it started with uh, an Instagram live. Me and Cedric were just talking one day and uh, I was telling a story about how um, that 2021, I just went, I had a list of people that I wanted to meet and say thank you to who were all the influencers. And Alex Kirby happened to be on, I, don't, I think it might've been yours. It was either yours or Brian's. Um, my wife wanted to know, like, what do I listen to? Because I brought my wife with me and uh, and I sh- and I just turned it on and it was Alex Kirby. And, and he was talking about how his business was debt free, which really was speaking to me just hearing debt free, because that's what my goal is to just be totally debt free in everything, in every aspect of life, like how Dave talks about. But I heard uh, Alex on there and I added him to the list. And uh, I was telling that story uh, while me and Cedric were on Instagram live, just talking. There was like four people watching. And then Alex came in as I was telling the story. And uh, I, I didn't think anybody would want to hear what the hell I have to say or what Cedric has to say, who are we? Uh, but he asked to join the the live. And I didn't even know that that could, that that was even a possibility. <laughs> so we added him to the live and then there was like, I don't know, 40 or 50 people watching. And then I was just like, yo, this is a great idea. No one's doing this. Let's have a, a show every week. We'll do that at the same time, you know, and I'll get guests. So I asked Brian to come on. He came on and I had a catastrophe. If anyone was watching that live who listen, who's listening now, I had a catastrophe. The starter went in my truck. Uh, it's a brand new truck. 
the starter went and I was stuck uh, in a bad area, like a bad Wi-Fi area while we're supposed to have this Instagram live show with Brian. So I was all excited for it and it was a total meltdown on my end. But we started to do the show and then people started to reach out wanting to come on with us. We had this Captain Lockpick was on there and then um, he had like 260,000 uh, subscribers on YouTube and 110,000 on on Instagram. And so we were talking to him and then people kept saying, when is this going to be a podcast? When is this going to be a podcast? So Cedric, he's, he was a, uh, a software engineer and he knows how to do all of the things. And not only that, I've heard you say, and, you know, getting to talk to you and Jeremiah and Brian, like just ask you guys questions and Caleb and Brittany, who are only 30 minutes from him, we can ask you questions. What's the, the best podcast devices that we need or whatever and we did so we went and got those things and uh cedric took it upon himself to get it out there and we recorded it and so episode one just came out it is called the long care power moves podcast um and it's on all of the the podcasting forums thanks to you and jeremiah jeremiah and uh keith and brian you know helping us to learn how to get everything available so i appreciate that paul yeah, totally, man. It's uh this community's awesome, dude. It's we have a saying, it's actually uh from the proverb. It says iron sharpens iron. And Brian Fullerton makes me better as a businessman, as a person, um, just sharp sharpening one another. And and Jeremiah, you know, Jennings, he makes me a better person and they just call me to a higher performance, higher character. And I'm I'm not gonna go through and name all the once I start naming one person, I got to name them all. So I'm not, I'm not going to go through the list, mm-hmm. but you know, there's, there's 10 to 12 core guys in this community that I value the character of a Jeremiah Jennings, right? I appreciate mm-hmm. the, um, character of Mr. Producer. Who's, who's my personal producer of this, of this podcast. And and these guys, they, um, they just caused me to try to make, good decisions. There's, I heard this the other day, um, from a gentleman named David Hogan. And he, he said, there's, there's people that are counting on you to make good decisions. And there's people like, if you make good decisions and and Cedric makes good decisions, your, your wife's going to be blessed because of that. Your, you know, people in your immediate family are going to be blessed because of that. Your customers are going to be certainly blessed because of that. Like, when we make good decisions, there's positive consequences. And when we make bad decisions, there's obviously negative consequences. So I'm just thankful to be in a community that holds me accountable to make good decisions um, in, in my business, in my life. And uh, it, it's awesome, man. And, and we, we don't all have access to Dave Ramsey. Like he, you know, he inspires us to make good financial decisions, but it's not like we all get to you know, DM him or hang out with him or whatever. But the cool thing about our community is like, we get to talk to one another, go to these events together and hang out. Like we're, we're a big family together. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, I know I plugged the podcast summit multiple times, but it's just get to these events and get to equip next year, get to LAL next year. You know, if you, if you missed them this year, like get, get, get involved in the community, uh, listening to podcasts and it's just, it's just that iron and sharpen and iron. So. Yeah, I agree. And what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> you know, like y- you can either stay how you are or you're going to get ex- a lot better. Mm-hmm. 
the, I think the vast majority of people that go to these type of events are seeing that they're becoming a lot better. They're getting inspired and motivated uh, by whoever. So uh, I agree with you, Ben. I think that people need to be at these things. Yeah. I mean, just at LAL last couple of weeks ago, I, was, I got to interview Mark Bradley. I mean, this dude's landscaping business was making $50 million in one year. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, mm. I'm, I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, there's 52 weeks in a year. So if you make $1 million a week, that would be 52 million revenue. So they mm. were, they were making on average, you know, over $970,000 or whatnot per week. If you, if you take 50 million divided by 52 weeks, you know, and I'm just mm-hmm. like a million dollars in one week. Like my mind was just, it was stretched. Now I don't, I don't, I, that's not my goal. I'm not trying to build a landscaping business that does a million dollars a week. That's mm-hmm. heck no. I, that's too much stress for me. That's too much responsibility. The the risk reward, whatever. I mean, I guess the reward is, you know, you have multiple millions of dollars of, of uh, profit and, and, uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm not trying to do that, but there's mm-hmm. things I can learn from Mark Bradley of, well, how in the world did you have the leadership to, to be able to have the systems in place and the team in place to build that. And for somebody listening, maybe you're like, dude, I want to be that next big business in town. I want to be that next Corey Ballard that built perfect cutter. I want to build, you know, the next James Mansky that's building the um, Elkhorn in Nebraska. And there's, there's guys that are wired that way. They want to build that, you know, mm-hmm. 50 employee beyond multi multi-million dollar revenue. But then there's other guys out there like my buddy, Jason Creole and, and Johnny Moe up in your neck of the woods in Pennsylvania and, and, and guys who are just like, you know what? I'm cool being solo. And I just want to make my 70,000 a year, 80,000 a year with no stress. I just serve my customers. I live on less than I make. I have money to invest or even, even a hundred thousand a year personal income. If you, if you really get your numbers tight and, and, and anyway, I learned from both the the guys that are solo and proud, the guys that have built these crazy, you know, multi-million dollar revenue businesses. But but just being around these guys, you know, makes me better and and helps me to come back and be like, well, what what do I really want to build and why? And uh, it's just just helpful being around around guys that are are way more successful than I am um, so far. It, it, it stretches me and helps me a lot. So I agree. Going to events helps. Yeah. And like, I, I say this to some of the guys cause I'm in Pittsburgh and I, you know, I've really been trying to push people to come to these events too. And I always say to them like, okay, where can you go where you get to talk to a LeBron James for an hour or hour and a half at a dinner or where you get access to Elon Musk or so. And in our industry, there's people who I'm not, trying to say anyone's a LeBron James, but there's pe- like Brian and, and and they're so approachable and there's not a security team around them where you only get to take a picture or something. You can legit ask the questions that you have and they want to help. There's like, you guys are so approachable um, because I think you all know too, that you're not like special. You're just a human, but you have experiences that you want to help people with. So that's why it's been important to me um, to start to talk to people, to start to go to those events and everything. So I'm not going to keep trying to plug them either, but I, I think that they're important. No, that's, that's terrific. Well, 
We can button things up right here. You've compared LeBron James to Brian Fullerton. I think we'll call it a show from right there. <laughs> I, uh, did I ever tell you the story when LeBron dunked and he, then he start, stared me down? No. When he was at, so, in high school. Yeah, so he was on a team in high school called the Sharpshooters. And they it was mm-hmm. an AAU team. So what that means is like it's not the high school team. It's like a AAU in Ohio is like guys from different high school teams in the offseason would – uh, mm-hmm. collaborate and they'd all be on like this all-star team and they go around, they travel. So the sharpshooters mm-hmm. had a, they had a girls uh, a team and then a boys team for the, for the high school AAU basketball. So my friend, Ashley Druckenbrod, uh she was on the girls sharpshooter and she's like, Hey, you know, there's this guy on the, the boys sharpshooter named LeBron. And he's like really good. You should come watch him. And uh, we, we had heard about him because in Ohio, we, you know, I grew up in the same, same area as him. And uh, so they're all talking mm-hmm. about this LeBron kid. And so I told Ashley, I'd crush him. I'm better than him. I, you know, whatever. I thought I was all that in a bag of chips. So she's like, come watch him play. So me and my buddy, Billy, Justin, and my cousin, we, we went and we're at this gym up, up somewhere by Akron, Ohio. And um, before LeBron's team played, there was like these little sixth graders playing. And they, you know, th- these kids, we're just sitting there watching this little sixth grade AAU basketball game. And then LeBron walks in. He had a Jerry West Lakers jersey on. And my friend, my friend Billy's like, that's him. That's him. Because I didn't even know what he looked like. I couldn't have pointed him out of the crowd. And obviously he was, you know, he was built like a tank in high school. He was, he was, he was probably six, eight mm-hmm. in high school. And he's sitting there wearing a, a, a Lakers jersey, which now he plays for the Lakers. So it's, I could preach a whole sermon on that. But anyway, he walks in and this guy thought he, he was so cocky. I was like, who does this guy think he, I mean, he thought he was, so cool. And he's sitting there and he's getting all his warm-ups on or whatever. So the sixth graders get done and LeBron and, and his boys uh, take take the court. And there's like nobody there. They're, they're, we're sitting there at the half court, but I'm, I'm talking the gym. The attendance was like 5% of the gym was filled. I mean, it was 95% of the seats were empty or bleachers. It was just no mm-hmm. nobody was there. This is inner city AAU basketball. They just, they didn't have any support. And so we're sitting there in a basically empty gym and they start warming up and, and, and all the white guys are just doing their little layups or whatever. And then, <laughs> and then, um, I'm, I'm so dumb. I say, Hey LeBron, I said, you suck. And I just start talking trash. And so he's at half court and he takes the ball and he starts dribbling down and he does this dunk and the, the basketball hoop, like starts shaking. Like, I thought it was going to shatter and just fall down and break. And then he, He's standing under the hoop and he's just staring at me and he's jogging now back to half court, just staring at me. And my cousin and Billy, they're like elbowing me. They're like, shut up, dude. And, and LeBron like walks right up to me and he just stares at me and I don't say nothing. I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I, I told my friends, like, hey, he's, he's better than I thought. And then after the game, I walked up to him and humbled myself. And I was like, hey, man, you think you can sign my shoe? Get, get your autograph? And uh, he was just kind of like looking at me like, really, bro? But, oh, man, he, he threw down a dunk that I, I – my eyes were like, wow. So then we – anyway, the next week we went to another one of his games. And I, and, uh, I watched him again, and I was like, this guy is going to be really, really good. Like it was, it was wild watching him play these little white – high school boys. I mean, it was, it was embarrassing. It was, it wasn't even fair. I mean, nobody could say he scored every single time. No, no one could stop him. He'd do these crazy dunks. Oh man. I can't imagine what it would have been like to see him in actual high school. He was putting his games on 
and he graduated the year after me. I thought I was good at basketball, man. And then I seen LeBron and I was like, that's what's in the NBA, not me. <laughs> yeah, those, those those were uh, some interesting times, man. But um, cool. Well, how, let people know the name of your podcast again and how how they can connect with you. So the name of our podcast is the Lawn Care Power Moves Podcast with Mac and Steel. Uh, episodes will be out on Mondays. Um, we do a instagram live show wednesdays at 7 p.m eastern um my my instagram is mac underscore landscaping 412 and my youtube channel is mac landscaping and lawn care go subscribe well there you go guys it's the lawn care power moves podcast be sure to support uh, Cedric and Cornell and uh, subscribe to the Lawn Care Power Moves podcast. And when they drop that new episode, uh, tune on in. So thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule today and your uh, morning to join the show. I really appreciate it, man. Man, thanks for having me. Uh, uh, like I said, I was excited. I had a great time. Great. Well, we'll see you in uh, Frigid, Ohio, uh, January 28th at uh, Caleb and Brittany Almond shop. So look forward to hanging out with you guys in person there. Yes, sir. Me too, brother. You need to increase your prices to earn more, but you better do it correctly or your customers will become unhappy. You want to discover the proven method to easily increase your prices? I've assembled the Price Increase Letter Template. It's a plug and play document that will allow you to inform your customers in the correct way so that they understand why and will gladly accept your price increase. You can pick up the Price Increase Letter Template today at the Resource Center at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. Hey, it's Marty, producer of the Green Industry Podcast. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services that you heard about during the episode. And thanks for listening.